Phil, that was uh, Sarah Ivanhoe, lovely person, wonderful. But before we get into the discussion, just want to remind our listeners that um, we are working hard to stay on the air. Uh, this is a free broadcast, uh, radio free Dennis and Phil. And uh, we want to keep it that way. We want to keep our archives available to people. And first, I want to thank the people that have contributed to help keep us on the air. We are not a nonprofit. You can't make a tax deductible donation. But if you go to our website, spiritmatterstalk.com, and you click on the red button, you can contribute to, it, you know, to keep us going. We have about, I don't know, almost 300 uh, interviews now. A lot of great stuff. But anyway... So Another great and, one, and listeners, you're very lucky because you just heard the whole Sarah Ivanhoe interview, and we forgot to do the pitch about the contributions. Yeah. So you got a you yeah, got so a commercial free fine. commercial free interview. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> we so. should do we should do a potathon. We could go on for hours. That's right. But um, you know, <clears throat> anytime somebody teaches yoga or meditation or anything for self help you get a feeling for how they're doing. And she seemed like a really balanced, wonderful, energized, healthy person. And it was well, a delight speaking we, with her. We she, seem that way too, Dennis. And so, you know. We, only, to, I, only to each <laughs> other though. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding folks, we're, we're there. Well, and, we would hope that years of practice would uh, instill the kind of uh, qualities and benefits that uh, we say come with these practices. So uh, most, you know, we hope that teachers uh, exemplify what they uh, One of the things I've noticed, I have to say, I have spent a lot more time in meditation than yoga postures, but I appreciate them both. And I feel I've gotten tremendous benefit from it and that and if it has accumulated over the years. On the other hand, people I know that do physical practice of yoga asanas, I think physically um, it is becomes more and more apparent as they become older. I even remember stories of <clears throat> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the great seven foot tall basketball player. He stayed very healthy his entire career and he attributed to uh, doing yoga postures. Yeah, there's been a lot of work, you know, among high class athletes with uh, variations on yoga asanas. But there was also, you know, there are also a lot of, uh, of high class athletes that that meditate. So right. the, the yoga repertoire, which includes asanas and pranayama right. and meditation, it's all found a way into these practical applications. I remember in the uh, 70s. You know, when we were teaching TM back then, there were, you know, world-class athletes, Joe Namath and Willie Stargell right. and all that. So, um, you know, one hopes that uh, these things find a way in and they become understood as more than yeah. just, you know, ways to stretch. Or I, I always to... saw <clears throat> meditation in pranayama as a, as a preparation, pranayama for meditation. And I remember, and I'm sure you do too, back in the 70s, the two of us were on a course together, long meditation course in Switzerland, along with Andy Kaufman and others. And uh, yeah, name drop, name drop Andy. I had to come on. And (laughs) and, uh, 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 a great guy. Uh, And uh, 
But I, uh, I remember on that particular course, there was tremendous emphasis. We were used to doing a lot of meditation, but there was tremendous emphasis on doing a lot of yoga postures as well. And, and a lot pranayama. of pranayama. And, and I think it really had a very profound effect. Yeah. I th in my experience, looking back at the history <clears throat> that I've, you know, written and talked about so much, the, the earlier wave of gurus who came were very meditation-oriented. And uh, even Yogananda's day and Vivekananda didn't even go near yoga asanas and uh, uh, Yogananda used them, but it, it was primarily meditation. Maharishi was primarily meditation, Muktananda primarily meditation, and uh, the, the Hare Krishnas were mainly chanting and meditation, but there was always room uh, for asanas and pranayama as uh, preliminary practices to deepen meditation. It just wasn't in the forefront. And then that ratio shifted starting maybe in the late 70s when, uh, or mid to late 70s, when Hatha yoga practices, when teachers like Satchitananda and Vishnu Devananda and some of the others emphasized asana more. And, and that became synonymous with yoga. But most of the teachers who were teaching asana, who were, you know, be, made a real science of teaching asana, they also taught meditation and other practices, uh, with a few exceptions. But Satchitananda. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, primary teaching was yoga asanas, but did he also teach meditation? No, he. I don't think his followers would say that the primary thing was was asana. They would say his primary teaching was the full, you know, classical yoga with all the all the limbs. And but asana would get a lot of attention and more attention than meditation. And maybe there was a, a higher ratio of time spent on them. Um, but, you know, that's the way it is. And, you know, maybe things will balance in the end. Right. Uh, you know, another point I wanted to make about Sarah, and uh, this has come up before when we, we, when we uh, interviewed um, teachers from various traditions, and that is that uh, don't judge somebody uh, in terms of what their motivation is for getting started in uh, spiritual practice, whether it's yoga, asanas, or meditation. Let them come in from whatever angle they're coming in. They want to sleep better. They want to be relaxed, <clears throat> on and on. Let them come in. And then from that, that internal experience they have, takes on a life of its own. And, yeah. uh, and I think that, I, I don't think anybody could practice meditation for any period of time or uh, yoga asanas. And that at some point, they maybe there was even more to this. Maybe yeah. I'm headed somewhere. Especially maybe, if they're in this feeling. And if they're lucky to have a teacher like Sarah right. and, you know, most of the, uh, the well-trained yoga teachers and meditation teachers, they will, no matter, even if they come in looking for something we would think of as superficial <laughs> or trivial, it, that's what matters to them. And they'll get, not only get a taste, perhaps, an experience of something else, but the teacher will point them to it. Right. So, you know, I, I saw that with Maharishi very close up, but in studying Yogananda's life, I would see it. He would dr draw people in with the promise of some practical benefit and let them know. 
but there's more to it. There's right. I remember Marchi telling this story. He came to the West to enlighten people in the first article. He was in San Francisco. He read about it. His lecture was, oh, meditation to help people sleep. Right. And he said, what? You know, but hey, that's where it started. And it would go from there. Uh, tell me about, uh, do you know much more about Sarah's program that she offers at USC? No, I was surprised. Uh, that's the reason I uh, really thought of having her come on. I, I noticed that somehow I found out she had started this program at USC and she's in charge of it. And, you know, we interviewed Varun Soni and, you know, he has, he's in charge of what's called, he's, he's essentially the head chaplain at USC. And, you know, they have to deal with crisis management and people, you know, right. students' mental health and interfaith programs and, all, you know, uh, uh, holidays and, you know, all kinds of stuff for all the diverse religious traditions on campus. But he started this mindfulness uh, program. And then I guess he wanted to start, uh, you know, a larger scale yoga pr program. Right. And, and Sarah was a choice. And I don't know much more about it than what uh, she described but i think it's you know it's it's a great example hey of hey i started tm uh between my junior and senior year in college and it was not unlike this time because you had tremendous campus unrest the vietnam war and all and uh, i started and i thought man i wish i had done this a few years ago because <laughs> there's a, a a huge uh, accumulation of stress that was taking place not just with me but it seemed everybody and quite frankly, right now, between the pandemic and what's going on politically, and it's just, you know, yeah. it's going to have a huge impact. These kids, young kids sitting at home doing school online and <clears throat> it, we, you know, we're going into uncharted territory. And even and, before uh, the pandemic, when there were, yeah. you know, thousands of kids on campus, there was a lot of stress. Right. I, I, you know, I know I hear things, uh, you know, going on in the uh, local campuses because I'm here in L.A. So I hear about USC and UCLA and, and some of the other schools. But all the schools, there's a high rate of suicide and suicide ideation and attempts. There's unprecedented levels of anxiety and depression and, and the, the pressure students are under, it's a different world than when we were students, right. but the stress level is you know, from different sources, but it's, it's really, really bad. Yeah. So, and you know, this is a you know, great contribution. I'm hoping uh, maybe you know, Sarah and Varun could uh, you know, create a template that other schools can employ. One thing we didn't ask is whether there's been any resistance uh, well, USC is a private school, but if it were a public university, like some of the uh, public high schools and elementary schools, there's often a problem bringing these things in because uh, uh, people, usually conservative oh, Christians, think I, it's religious. I, I, and, I, I forgot to ask her about that. <clears throat> in Encinitas, San Diego, yeah. County, uh, they went to court because somebody took the school, a school to court, a public school they were teaching yoga and phys ed and yoga won this time that yes <clears throat> and that's that's a you know largely progressive town right. but there's others and you know you never know all it takes is some disgruntled parents or students right. to say no they're sneaking hinduism in and 
and and there, then there's a big brouhaha. But I haven't heard of anything like that at a place like USC, and it's unlikely. Well, but another uh, outstanding guest. Stay tuned. Uh, go to spiritmatterstalk.com. Push on that red button or click on it. And, and, uh, and, you know, if you can't afford to give anything, keep listening, enjoy it. If you can afford to, you keep us on the air. You're not only doing it for us and yourself, but the other people that uh, can keep listening. And we get, we, I look at our viewing audience when I, online and, uh, you know, I get uh, stats. We get people from all over the world. It's wonderful. So and we and, and we want we want this to continue. So Dennis right. and I can do these uh, from our old age home, from the nursing home, <laughs> while we're drooling in the corner, and then pass the torch to the yeah. younger generation of interviewers. <laughs> they will eventually come. All right. All right. Until next time. Bye.